Hi everyone, this is Wayakiwage Shaga, Musharawa Barea Muturi, and you are listening to the Matire Gemi podcast. This week, we learn about the story of Gashiewa Kehara, an epic and legendary story, a story of courage, and a story of love for family, a story of protecting ancestral land. This story is narrated by none other than our very own Jeriwadiho, who belongs to Barea Kehara. This is a story about one of her ancestors, and therefore, this is a personal story for her. Please listen and enjoy. Welcome everyone. Today is a special day. Very special day because we are talking about someone very, very special. You know, someone who has... Uh, legendary status, legendary appeal, legendary, a man of legendary achievements, yeah. a hero. And uh, I wouldn't mention him, so uh, I'll pass it on to King Ori. But first, my name is Oyakiwage Shaga, Musharawa Barea Muturi. So, King Ori, who are we talking about today? Oyone King Ori wa Kanyi, Boboiwa Barea Marigo, Wadikanea Mwagi, Mushirene Maina, Muduriwa Keama. And I'm so just to hear this story because this story is about uh, a defiant giant. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I like that, a defiant, defiant giant. giant. Yes. <laughs> Who hails from an area that is very familiar to all of us. You ever heard of a place called Gashie? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, this guy is called Gashie. Oh. Gashie okay. wa Kehara. Okay. And we're going to find out what the correlation there is as soon as Jerry takes yeah. us off. Yes. Awesome. Thank you. And my name, as you know, is Jerry Wadiho Nade Mojiro wa Barea Kehara. And Gashie ne wa Barea Kehara. So I want to tell you the story of this great man. And as I think about telling you this story, I want to tell you that this story is coming from the heart. I feel like I'm representing not only part of, I'm part of his legacy, right? But also part of the Agekoyo legacy. And also, as I tell this story of this great man, some of you may say, why have I never heard of him? How have I never read about him? Especially when you hear this story. And I think this is the time I want to say that a lot of our history was not written down. I got this from my father. And this was also collaborated by Nyoike Mze Nyoike, who's also a bariake harai. He's about 105 and 106 years wow. old. Alive wow. today. Okay. Right? Okay. So I say this to say that this story that I'm sharing proves that there are so many heroes that were not talked about. So my call and my challenge before we jump in is that I urge everybody to go to your parents, your grandparents, and ask for these stories because they exist. And part of maintaining our legacy as Agekoyo mm-hmm. is through remembering and memorializing these stories. 
and telling them and telling them and that, and you know we can we can take it for granted that we have books today where we can read about these stories but our ancestors passed these down these stories down orally yeah. what they say is they would write them on their on the on their heart yes. okay right so they would write down these stories uh in their heart and in their minds and in their spirit mm. so it's very important for us to be able to tell these stories yeah So Jerry um I had about I know about Gashie the place I know <laughs> yes. about Kehara the place Yes So I don't know about these people Yeah So I'm going to tell you about Gashie Okay But let me first tell you what his impact is You see in the 1900s the early 1900s the wazungu the colonialists were continuing to annex more and more yekoyo land right. mm-hmm. and there came a time where they reached a place called gashie i and think you're talking about the uh, colonial uh, land ordinance the crown land crown land, land, yes. crown land ordinance yes. of 1902 yes. mm-hmm. we were seeing the imperial british who have now already decided that Kenya is a protectorate. It's their land. It's the they've declared in this ordinance that all land in that now protectorate, protectorate. is British land. Mm. It's a declaration and they are now acting towards that. Yes, right? exactly. Yeah. So they're clashing now with Gashi. the owners. Yes, of the Akina land. Gashi. Yes. yes. Exactly. And Wayakiwa Higa and so right. many others. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right? And so now If you look at the map of Nairobi and we'll try and put a picture up there and you put the map of uh, uh, crossing into Kiabu where mm-hmm. they're next to each other there's something fascinating that you'll see you will see that there's a stro- a large piece of land that's jetting into Nairobi mm. it's like a peninsula yes mm-hmm. and that piece of land is called Gashie And the story I will tell you is that this brave man kept the colonialists from annexing even more land in Kiambu and in that area called Kehara. Okay. That's his legacy. Wow. I'm actually uh, pulled up a map. Yeah. And literally from village market you can throw a stone yeah. and it'll land in Gashi. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's right there. Exactly. <laughs> no he uh, he knew Jerry loves shopping. <laughs> ah, there you go. <laughs> He made sure your shags <laughs> is in, right, there. Yeah, right next to yeah, you. I hear you, I hear you. So then who is this great man? Yeah, who, who is Gashie? To answer that question, we need to go back, right? And we need to go back to the story of Gekoyo um, Namobi. So back then, the, 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 the closest tie we have is a man called Watina. Now, Watina was born in the Meru area. And like many Gekoyo at the time, he continued to move and migrate and he settled in an interesting place called Jobi which I want to pause you sorry yeah. uh, so Watina was a Mojiro yes so he was a son of Wajiro, Wajiro which is where you get your mohirega yes okay i, I just it. wanted to clarify that exactly yes so he migrated all the way to uh, to a village called uh, Jobe in Moranga mm-hmm. and that's where they settled now while he was there he gave back to Gedere and Moga And then the migration continued. Gedere continued to migrate. Mm-hmm. Moga left. But a lot of Agekoyo were migrating from, uh, what's it called, from um, 
Murang at that time. Mm-hmm. So can I ask why was that happening? Why did so many Agekoyo uh, uh, migrate? Multiple factors. Um, there's a book by Godfrey Moriuki mm-hmm. that kind of talks about the history of Agekoyo from 1500 to 1900. From that book's perspective and the way it's been explained, Moranga um, is where most Kikuyu Agekoyo came from. Mm-hmm. And they were expanding naturally into Nyeri right. uh, and into Kiambu. Yeah. And Kiambu is the, kind of like the last place that they have expanded into mm. leading up to this pre-colonial area. Mm. So era. So one of the things that was actually pushing them out was Kamishes with Adi. Mm. Adi um, uh, kind of some of the original people that were there even before Agekoyo were going to these places. But the Adi were constantly at war with Agekoyo in some instances. And that was part of the pressure. There were also raids that were coming in from, believe it or not, Somali oh, people wow. Oh, wow. who were moving into the area, the areas of Mbere, uh, Embu, and now starting to apply pressure yeah. from that side and coming into Moranga. And so it was natural for people to think, hmm, let's see where else we can settle. Yeah. But at the same time, Amogokoyo is just industrious. You know, they, they, they want a larger piece of land. And as they are Goverema, um, mm-hmm. as we are just naturally Expansion. expanding and our, you know, we're getting more children, our families are growing, um, it was not unusual to just move into the next area. Yeah. So we talk about Kiambu in particular. Yeah. This was mostly Dorobo land. Yeah. Okay, yes. Actually, that's a great correlation. Let's continue this story. Mm-hmm. So, Moga is left behind, right, in Moranga, mm-hmm. and Gederere continues. And he continues, and he actually settles in a village called Kebishoi in Gatodo, right, in, uh, which is a district in Kambu. So then when he's there, he actually gives birth to Kehara and Moga. And again... The great migration continues through Kehara. Mm. Moga is left behind again. Okay. <laughs> okay. So Kehara, which is the name of the sublocation subdivision we're talking about, mm-hmm. continues and lands in the Dorobo area. Mm. And that's where he settles. And he amasses large amounts of wealth. We are talking Karura Forest, Mudaiga, Mbakasi, all those areas, mm-hmm. including what is modern day Kehara was part of what the land that belonged to Baria Kehara. That he acquired. Exactly, that he acquired. So the question is, the Dorobo lived there, like mm. you were saying, King Ori. Yeah. So how did this acquisition happen? Um, this, the acquisition happened by um, exchange, a fair exchange of uh, resources. As we know, we, we didn't have currency back then. And the Mogekoyo for... Uh, decades, centuries, has always battered using um, bori, mm. which is uh, sheep and goats. And so how they were able to buy uh, this land was by exchange of sheep and goats. And it really, it was the same process as Kurashia. Yeah. Because, you know, we have an understanding that land is feminine and it would, it would be like a acquiring uh, a bride. Yeah. And so to fairly compensate the Dorobos, they would acquire the land by um, Kurashia, Kurashia by paying using goat, sheep and goats. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think there's also um, sometimes we we forget that uh, we use the term dorobo, by the way, which is a controversial term. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is sometimes seen as derogatory. Mm. Uh, the types of people we are calling dorobo in this case were guba, mm-hmm. which who are kind of a short people, mm-hmm. and uh, we in many instances also integrated yes, with, them. with them. We intermarried with them, right. and they became kikuyu. Yeah. It became a gekoyo and mm-hmm. might explain to uh, some of the short gekoyos you yeah. see around. <laughs> <laughs> that I DNA was, is... I was going to say, Kira, is Kira present. Yaki, then I was like, that's not wow. true. <laughs> 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 and you know them, they might terrible. <laughs> oh, I love it. Oh, okay. So thank you. So let's now continue. So Kehara now has settled, right? Okay. So now he can have his... He's having a big family. He had a few wives, six wives. One of those wives was actually called Wajohe, mm. and she gave birth to six sons. Mm. And uh, the first son was called Moga, and that is the, my direct lineage, okay. right? So that's like my great-grandfather. Now, the last son was called Gashie. Gashie was born around 1845, and it's fascinating because he belonged to the Rika called Rikaria Mwaura, also known as Guoya. Nina. Mm-hmm. And this uh, age group, this was in 1862. Guess who else was in this age set? <laughs> this, uh, that was uh, Yakiwahiga's uh, age set. Yeah. yeah. And here's what's even more fascinating in this story. Higa, Yakiwahiga's dad, and Kehara also belong to the same age set, right, called Rikaria Kamau. Wow. Right? Very interesting. Yeah. Can you start to see? I'm sure they knew each other. They they must have. They must have. (laughs) And and here's a very interesting uh, point. Rikarea Kamau. Mm -hmm. If you know someone called Kamau, and I'm sure you do, Mm -hmm. because it's a very common name, it traces back to people who who were initiated at the same time. Yes. Because, and and it's very common. Uh, These big names you'll find that don't have an immediate uh, etymology. Like, right. you can break it down to a kikuyu word. Kamau. Yeah. Yeah, kamau. Ma- in, uh-huh. If you go to Nyeri, you hear Dirango, even uh-huh. Kengori. Mm-hmm. These were Rikas. Like, mm-hmm. you can't explain what Kengori is. Right. Yeah, you can yeah. try. Yeah. You'll say yeah, Kobole. Kobole, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It really isn't, you know. Yeah. Um, they, they have deeper meanings, but sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, I love this. this I love loving this dialogue. It's bringing the color to the legacy, legacy of, of uh, Gashie. So now Gashie is born around 1845. He's initiated. And unfortunately, his mom died pretty young, mm-hmm. right? But he did grow up to be a bold, fearless, courageous man, right? And it's actually said that so he ended up becoming very wealthy, mm-hmm. right? Because as a warrior, he would go and raid, right, for livestock with the, you know, neighboring uh, Maasai, Maasai, and therefore that's how he gained a lot of wealth. Mm. Now, of course, with all this wealth, he has to be a pretty popular man, eh? yeah. And he's, they say he was like a womanizer. <laughs> you know? Uh-huh. So, uh, you know? Uh, I, I, I hope you're not throwing that word too loosely. <laughs> womanizer? What is womanizer? Yeah, what is that? Mm. Yeah. Hey, you know, he was su- sweet one. He was strong. He was strong. And he was a strong guy, and he he, he had charisma and bravery. Uh, Women yeah, like that. that. We do. Yeah. And money. Yeah. <laughs> oh well. Was he handsome? Ah, he had to have been. Oh, okay. <laughs> How can you be a womanizer without <laughs> without being handsome? <laughs> okay. All right. Great. So now, 
Gashi, of course, ended up getting married, right? And he had a few wives and he had a lot of children. Mm -hmm. In fact, you know, it's interesting because now you can, you find a lot of Gashis, you find a lot of Kiharas, Bogas, mm. but a lot of them, if they trace their roots, often they're, they're tied to this bari, mm -hmm. even if it's through intermarriage, of course. Right. You know, we're everywhere. Right. But so Gashie now continued this wealthy man to uh, continue, of course, expanding also his land his, and had children and wives. But you know what they say? He had a lot of children and wives, and yet story goes that he was barren. Mm, mm. Interesting. So how does a barren man with a few wives have a lot of children? Mm. Plot twist. <sighs> Yeah, so tell us. <laughs> we've talked about this before uh -huh. in uh, previous episodes where we've talked about the second the second birth. We've talked about uh, we've talked about how uh, in the olden times some wealthy women uh, would be able to continue their dead husband's legacy. How yeah. did they do that? Yeah. They would find a man to provide a seed for um, the continuation of that legacy. Yeah. Mm. Uh, most likely, it was a man of the the like. For example, in this case, Gashie, it was a man of his his rika, his age set, yeah. who might even have been a relative. Yeah. To provide the seed for him to continue, yeah. uh, for his wives to continue bearing children under his 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 name, as yeah. as if he was not. Uh, barren. Yeah, because true fatherhood was mm -hmm. often spiritual, yeah. right? Because yeah. you even told that you you talk about uh, how like even sometimes women would have a another child of an to protect the yeah, legacy yeah. or something. Um, yeah. So so you know even in a in a scenario where men were you know siring their own children, mm -hmm. you ha you would have a situation where there would be a very secretive arrangement. Mm -hmm to allow for the wife to have a child with a different man in his own age set. And usually this was kind of like an insurance policy against, I don't know, things like a, a disease that could wipe out your genetics. Okay. Or... Um, Kurogua. Kurogua. Mm -hmm. yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> I'm trying to find the right English terminology. <laughs> but yeah, just in case you, uh -huh. your whole family has been bewitched, Kurogua or whatever, uh, this one child can survive because... In the spirit, they're not visible in a way, like you you know, so that child could continue a legacy and continue your family name. Oide, which is the fatherhood concept in the spirit in Agekoyo culture, goes beyond genetics and DNA. The physical, it goes beyond yes. the physical. Yes, yes, yes. So you mm -hmm. you can be perfectly somebody's father. That's why we have that process called Goshi Arona Abori. Yeah. That's when you're born, being born into the spirit of that family lineage. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's beautiful and it speaks to how beautifully complex our culture is. Mm -hmm. Like, let nobody tell you that you, we were simpletons. Mm -hmm. Our culture was thoughtful, it was deep, it was contemplative, and it even com uh, included some things that today we call science. Mm -hmm. But the reality is that these such practices were really protecting Right, yeah. mm -hmm. your your legacy, your yeah. families. It's just beautiful. Yeah, the complex. terminology is just different. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We, I mean, we believed in uh, just uh, a, a land or planes that are not just physical, spiritual, yeah. mental. We believed in those planes. Exactly. 
So here's Gashier, he's got his big family and he's the one who, he lived longer than a lot of, than a lot of his compatriots or his brothers. Mm -hmm. So he really ended up being a keeper, right? Mm -hmm. In a sense of our body, right? Mm. And he passed away in 1928. Okay. So he ended up living a very long life at that time. So we're talking 8084. Right? Mm. He lived a very good life, yeah. considering colonialism, you know? Mm. So yeah. he lived a very good life. So let's continue the story. So you remember when we started, we talked about Higa and Kehara both being of the same Rika. Mm -hmm. And we talked about Gashie and Wayakiwa Higa both being of the same Rika. Mm -hmm. So how do their tails... So see, there's the dots. They keep connecting. Right. Mm -hmm. So their tails actually also connect when they both become chiefs. Okay. So let me explain this chief, <coughs> right? Mm -hmm. So a lot of times when we think about chiefs, we have to remember there are different classes of chiefs. I like what Wayaki says. He says that when people called Wayaki Wahiga chief, mm -hmm. it was diminishing he, who he is. Absolutely. Because he was not a, what are they called, appointees? Uh, a colonial, colonial chief. Yeah, yeah he, was he was not, not a colonial yeah, chief. Yeah, he was not a government administrator. Exactly. Yeah. No. He was a mudamaki mm -hmm. of that territory. Yeah, right. At the same time, um, what's it called? Uh, Gashie was also a chief, meaning over that territory. Yeah, he was a mm -hmm. territorial leader. Yes, thank yeah, you. Mm -hmm. And then we bring in the third chief. Now, this man's name was Kenya Jui Wagaderimo. Mm. This name you want to remember. I know it's, that guy. Yeah. That, that's a gentleman who's been mentioned by Karen Blixen. Yes. Yeah. yeah. In that story. What do you call it? Out of Africa. Out of Africa. Yeah. 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 And yeah. Oh, is it out of Africa? I don't know if it's Karen. Uh, but it, Karen Blixen it, is who I'm talking about. Yeah. Because she, she settles in Karen Ukokreb Nangong. Yeah, and, and actually Karen is, is named after her. Thank you. Yeah. 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 Beautiful. There we go. I didn't mm -hmm. know that. Yeah, yeah. Karen yeah. Blixen, the name Karen, the neighborhood comes yeah. from Honey. was a, a coffee farm that yeah. she owned. Yeah. Okay. Karen Blixen Coffee Farm. Yeah. Wow. Wow. With the blessing of that chief you just mentioned, Kenya Jui. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There we go. So now let's talk about the relationship of the, and the fate of these two great men and the chief. I'll call it that way, mm. if I may, mm -hmm. right? And I'm just telling the story. Right. So it starts first with Wayaki talked in the, pre, in the last episode in, uh, for Wayaki Wahiga. There was a man who brought together the, uh, the settlers, right? What's his name, Lugard? Uh, Frederick Lugard. Frederick Lugard and Wayaki Wahiga. Mm -hmm. Who is that man? That man was exactly this no, man. Thank you, Kenya Jiwiwagadirimo. Yes. So he brought them together, and uh, the goal was to help the uh, colonialists start to go through and settle and get protection in those lands. Mm -hmm. So in bringing them together, there was an agreement. You can tell us a little bit about that agreement that Wayakiwahiga had with Lugard. Yeah, so the agreement was for uh, Frederick Lugard to build a small post, which would be more of a trading post. Yeah. Like what we'd call a rest area, where the caravans would come, yeah. take a rest, and move on. Yeah. Right. It wasn't meant to be something massive. It was just like a, a stop, a yeah. stop for exchanging goods, and 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 uh, and uh, it was a travel stop. Yeah. It wasn't supposed to be anything expansionary. Yeah. Yeah. And so there were some agreements between Wayaki Wahiga and now we'll call them the colonialists, right? Mm -hmm. And which allowed them to have some land. I'm sure I'm not articulating this the right way. Okay. Right? 
you clarify. Yeah, yeah, it did. Yeah. They did have. Yeah. It was built on some yeah, land. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. They were yes. granted. Sometimes, yes, granted, so, yeah. but mm-hmm. little, not mm-hmm. anything expansive, mm-hmm. right? But then what ended up happening is that now, by the way, this Kenya Jui was not somebody of great repute. But because he helped and he continued to broker such arrangements, even not in this situation, they started rewarding him and he gained a lot of wealth, right, because of what he was getting. Mm. And then at some point came the point where now these colonialists started to go against the agreement with Waiyaki Waiga. Right, started breaching the covenant. Yes, breaching the covenant. And Waiyaki resisted Mm. many times and he resisted hard. Right, and eventually, Wayaki told us a story where he ended up being murdered, being killed. Mm-hmm. So, guess what happens when Wayaki Wahiga is killed, our hero? Guess who then is made the colonial chief over that territory? Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That same man mm-hmm. became the chief. Now, because he became the chief, then you talked about around 1902, mm. there was this protectorate. He started kind of allowing the borders to be drawn and giving away more and more land, right? And eventually, they needed to continue expanding the land of the colonialists. And this is where the fits of Gashie and this chief Kenyanjui come together. Meet. Yeah, this is where they meet. Mm. How are you guys doing? Are you leaning in? How well, are you we feeling? We are all You're the way. We're feeling, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So then, now, at some point... Chief Kenyanjui, Chief uh, uh, Gashie, and other chiefs would have to meet in uh, with this guy. This is a colon- uh, colonialist called Aswan, something to that in name. Mm-hmm. And they would meet in a place called Kiroigo, which is Kikuyu for Westlands. Oh. That's where they would meet, okay. right? And during those meetings, it became clear that the uh, Zungu would continue to redraw these lines, encroaching more and more mm-hmm. into our lands. Mm-hmm. And so... Rashie had to give in twice, right? Because what would happen is that they would come with these creative maps, these contracts. So it's the same thing that happened. You're not so sure what's happening. Mm-hmm. At some point, Rashie ended up giving up some of the areas, like say the Karura Forest area, the Mudaiga area. So they keep encroaching and Bakasi. So, so it was modern day gerrymandering. Yes, yeah. modern. <laughs> <laughs> right. And so eventually there came this one meeting. And so they said, We want more of your land. And so Kenya Jui was sent to meet with Gashie to finalize this so that they could take more of the land, which included the Gashie and Kehara area. Mm. So they came to meet with this giant of a man and they told him, you've got to move. And guess what happened? Can you start to envision what happened? Do you have a sense? Do you know? Something definitely crazy. <laughs> For it to be a story. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so Kenyajui was there with the, you know, his soldiers. They had guns and they came to now finalize these details. Mm. And they told Gashi, you have to move. And at this point, Gashi was fed up and he said, we are not moving. And he said it in such a way that is so memorable that Adwabariya Kehara, they know this story. Mm. Right? And he was a giant of the man and he pulled out his sword he put his index finger on a table and he chopped his index finger. And as he was chopping it, what? he made a battle cry. And he said, Kireki. Kireki was his battle cry. Mm-hmm. And as he chopped his finger, he didn't even wince. He didn't even grimace. He just chopped it. 
and he looked at Kenya Jui and he said, you're taking this land over my dead finger, over Amazing. my finger. Yeah. yeah. And that, right, there was a little bit of a skirmish. Mm -hmm. Kenya Jui retreated. And from then, the colonialists moved more eastwards I'm in sure. terms of annexing land. And that's the reason, or that's how the border was built, okay. and the colonialists could not take on any more of that land. Ashia's land, yeah. Ashia. And mm -hmm. also some other neighboring barriers like Muya, mm -hmm. those, uh, those lands could not be taken. Mm. I'm so, sure as Kenyanju was uh, retreating, yeah. he was saying, Kareke. <laughs> <laughs> he must have. <laughs> Me, I'm wondering because I was very heroic. Where, what happened to his finger? <laughs> they probably kept it or something. <laughs> was it attached back to him? Yeah, yeah. Like, Family heirloom. Wow. Hey. Was, and wow. you know, when he was retreating, he was retreating on his pony. <laughs> you know, these chips were given ponies. Were given ponies. Which is a modern day vehicle. Yeah. Uh, asking <laughs> Kariki. Yeah. Wow. But that's a very heroic wow. act to do. Yeah. Just to take your own finger and and declare war on yeah. anybody who is threatening yeah. you. Yeah. And you know what is so beautiful about this story? A lot of times we look at landmarks and we don't understand how they were drawn, mm. right? So uh, uh, Gashie was a hero and I'm grateful to tell his story. But what, what other heroes existed? Because at the end of the day, the Mzungu didn't annex 100% of the land. No. There had to be resistance, right? And I say that to say that there are so many heroes, and we are their legacy, mm -hmm. right? So I say this story with pride, right? And I'll turn it over to you, King Ori. Any other thoughts? What are you thinking? Such, a, such an amazing story. I mean... And Jerry, thank you for... Uh, first of all, I didn't know you were such a good storyteller. <laughs> we should be handing this over to you more often. But we should. Yeah, it's an amazing story. Uh, I'm, I'm feeling proud because this is... First of all, this is a material gaming ancestor. Yeah. Now, so I'm going to claim that she... Even me now, like, ah, those are my peeps. So, but, you know, uh, we, you're right. There are so many other such stories out there that highlight this spirit of resistance, we were not a pushover. Yeah. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If, when you, as we go through this series, as we, every day, uh, you know, it's becoming more and more clear. There wasn't an, any gap. No. There was no moment that someone wasn't pushing back. So this thing was a painful, painful process. Yeah. And if, but if you look at it, you have a lot to be proud of. Yeah. And I think even moving forward, mm -hmm. um, if something doesn't sit right with you, say something. Yeah. Right. You know, don't let things just happen. Yeah. 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 Amazing story. Yeah. 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 That's right. Yeah. 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 Me, I don't. I'd only say I wish we had a tenth or an, a hundredth of the courage of Kashi. Mm. Yeah. Because he stood for what he believed in, and he stood for truth. Yeah. Which is ultimately the most important thing. Yeah. The courage he had. He stood for what he believed in and protected his family's wealth, resources, and lives. Yeah. With chopping his own finger. Yeah. Like, who does that? Yeah. For, his, for his own family, for his, for, for his, his ancestral legacy. It's, yeah. it's crazy. For his people. For his right? people, like yeah. Enough was enough. Yeah. And I like what you said as well, which is, don't let anybody tell us 
that it was easy to colonize us. At the end of the day, yes, we were outpowered in terms of machinery, mm -hmm. guns, mm -hmm. right? But um, it, it was not an overnight colonization. One no, year we are no. in, the next we are colonized, yeah. no. right? And we'll continue to see the stories of uh, post-colonial uh, or the pre and post colonial era. Mm -hmm. So, at this point, what I want to say is we've said, shared some great stories of heroes and heroines in the pre colonial era, right on that edge. We've covered beautiful stories. And now we're going to start looking at the heroes, right, in the post colonial era as we start, as the colonialists started to encroach deeper and deeper into us, mm -hmm. right, and into our lands. So, with that said, Waiyaki, mm -hmm. who is the first next hero whose story we're going to tell in an interesting way? That's a good question. Uh, the next hero we're going to talk about is Haridhuku. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know, I, I, I like how you paused, right? <laughs> but you know... <laughs> Because he's a controversial figure. Yeah, yeah. he's a complex, <laughs> complex yes. individual. Yes. Yes. Very much in, uh, complex and uh, we'll cover that complexity. And Harry, yeah, he showed how human we are in and how complex uh, human existence is. Yes, exactly. So I want to close this by saying a big thank you to my dad. And I also want to say, and Mr. Nyoike, yes. right, for giving this, me this color. I also want to close with challenging every one of you to go back to your parents, to your grandparents, and seek those stories, right? And start to curate those stories because those are the stories that you're going to pass on to your children, your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren. Right. right? Let, us the, let us honor the legacy of who we are. Mm. Kengori, thank you for your contribution. Waiyaki, thank you for your ancestor and his buddy-buddy with mine. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's why we're here today. That's why we're here, yeah. right? And for your contribution. So please, listen to the end and look forward to the next episode where we cross over into the post-colonial era by talking about Harithuku. Thank you.